Well, I have the honor of introducing our speaker today, Mr. John Paul Shepard. John Paul is a counselor, high school counselor over at Coronado High School. I've known John Paul 20 years now, a long time ago when we were in school and we sang in a number of different acapella groups together over the years. I have a lot of stories that I could tell on him. I said I would only leave it to nice ones here. Uh, You all are going to be blessed this morning to hear from him. There's one thing that I know that's true about John Paul Shepard. It's that he has a heart for God and he has a love for God's people. And that's evident each and every day in his interactions with people, uh, even what he's dedicated his life to do, to serving others. So, LCU, please help me give a warm welcome to Mr. John Paul Shepard. He does have a lot of stories on me. Um, I also have a lot of stories on him, so turnabout's fair play. Aha. Um, that's right. I got a lot. Uh, okay, so my name is John Paul Shepard. Um, I went to LCU a long time ago, and I have a lot of ex-principals and ex-teachers and professors and people here in the audience still um, that still work here. After all these years, I can't believe it. So uh, uh, it's, it's good to be back. Um, I came here 2002 and left in 2005, and I wish I could say I graduated early, but I actually transferred in late, so um, it took me a long time to get out of here. But I eventually made it out, uh, met my beautiful wife here, um, who was supposed to be speaking uh, to you all this morning, which would have been a much better talk. She practiced with me, um, and it was amazing, and then she woke up sick. So you got a pinch hitter this morning. Um, And so I apologize for that, but hopefully she can come back next fall when some of you are here students, um, and y'all can hear her wonderful story about God's grace um, in her life. Um, We have two beautiful boys. We have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old, and so I guess that makes me extremely old. Um, And uh, But that's okay. That's okay. I don't feel a day over 50, so that's... I'm only 40, so that's the deal. Um... I'm starting off my kids right. I'm a movie guy. I love movies. I quote movies, and my wife makes fun of me because I can't remember my kids' birthdays, but I can quote Dumb and Dumber that I haven't seen in 15 years, and I don't understand that, but it's a weird mind play. Um, Starting them off right, though, because a couple of weeks ago, I introduced them to the nerdy show of Lord of the Rings, and uh, yes, absolutely, starting them off right. Um... But I love, I love movies. I do. I love movies. And the movies that I continue to go back to, the, continues that I, uh, the movies that I continue to watch over and over and over again, always have some sort of the same theme where the underdog rises to glory by the end of the series, trilogy, movie, whichever it is. One of my favorite movies is Rudy, where uh, Rudy works and works and works his whole life to play in the Notre Dame football team, Right? That's his big passion in life. Senior year, last football game, the starters and the players and the student body starts chanting his name for them to give up their spot on the field for Rudy to go out on the field and have his one moment of glory. And he spends about three minutes of game time out there. And, I mean, I don't, I don't cry because, you know, I'm, I'm a man. But if I would cry, then I would have cried several times every time I watched that part of that movie. Um, but I don't. 
another movie that I really like, and this is really bad of me, uh, the Hunger Games series. I like it. Okay, I like the books. I like the movies. Um, I will say, if you if you're not familiar with the Hunger Games. Um, it's this post-apocalyptic world, right? And they're separated into districts. And once a year, the districts have to nominate or draw out of a hat the people to represent the district in the Hunger Games, which is this brutal, deadly, horrible game um, that the kids are put into. Well, the protagonist has a sister that she loves with all of her heart. And against all odds, the sister gets nominated to go into the Hunger Games, which is a death sentence. No one from this district, well, okay, one person. One person from that district in the whole years that they've done it has actually survived the Hunger Games. So it's pretty much a death sentence. Everybody knew that there. In District District 12, this was the place where people, if they go into Hunger Games, they're going to die. And this little sister, who she loves, gets nominated up there. And out of this act of pure selfless love that she has for her sister, she says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to take that person's place. I'm going to take my sister's place, and I'm going to give myself over for that ultimate death so that she can have a life, so that she can live. And that act of her taking the place of her sister, which is a fictional book, by the way, okay? It's a great book, but it's fictional. That act of her giving over her selfless act of love, and I'm going to die in her place, that set forth a motion of three other books, two, two and a half, two and a half other books, whatever, of this revolution that started against the whole evil empire that was, that was risen up. But that's what we live with every single day in real life. We have a person that gave up their life. We were supposed to die, right? The Bible says the wages are payment. The thing that we should receive for sin, the wages of sin is death. And that tradition, that reasoning started way back in the book of Genesis in chapter 3, after we sinned for the first time. Okay? It says God made a skin of clothes. Like they, They made skins in chapter, in verse 21. God made a skin of fur... So you had to kill an animal in order to create skin, right? Does that make sense? So sacrifice. Something has to be sacrificed. Something has to die in order for us to live. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus, the perfect lamb, the person who was in the crowd, didn't get picked, didn't have a sin. They don't have that payment, that debt of sin on him. But he chose to die for us so that we can live, so that we can have life and have it abundantly. So, my challenge to you is to live like that. Live out that revolution of Jesus died for my sins, and now I'm going to stand behind his, I'm going to stand behind him and what he stood for, and I'm going to live my life for Jesus every single day. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and we want to just praise your name. Uh, We want to live, we want to take your name. Um, Like it says in the Old Testament, to take upon ourselves the name of Christian, the name of a Jesus Christ follower. Take that name out into the world with purpose, not in vain, but with purpose as we are living testimonies and mirrors of you here on earth, Father. And I pray that we will live each day like that. It's your sin's name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you.